Hey guys, welcome back to the Hostetler Show. I'm super excited for today's podcast. The guest that we have on today, I actually was just randomly one day and going through Instagram, and I don't think he even knows this. And I thought his name on Instagram was really cool, so I followed him for about six to eight months before I ever got to to meet him. And we were at a business conference, and one of my mentors brought him up on stage and thanked him for what he was uh, he what he was doing, he sent his wife and his little uh, girl to a cheer competition on one of his charter jets. I was all the way in the back, just about ready to leave. And I went, as he was off going off stage, I ran back around and I was like, I got to meet this guy. I was waiting to meet this guy for years and I find, finally found him in flesh. So I'm super excited to have been in touch ever since then. Mike Howard, welcome to the, welcome to the call. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's jam out. Of course. So uh, to give you guys a little bit of context, um, Mike owns a company, a charter jet company. is called Jet Setters, and he owns also multiple other businesses. Super. He's a good father. He's got two children, married, and uh, I thought he was just a jet guy, but it turns out a, a much more into business than I thought so. So I've always enjoyed chatting with you. So tell me just a little bit of a background before we jump into it of, of yourself and, and what you do. Yeah. So I, uh, I've only been in the private aviation industry for three and a half years, four years, about four years. I always forget what year it is because we had that whole lockdown. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, man, I've been in sales my whole life. I mean, even from like middle school, I used to cross the border because I live so close to Mexico. I live about 15, 20 minutes and I would buy big bags of uh, Mexican candy and then uh, come back to middle school and flip that and buy bigger wow. bags and just start pushing weight of uh, Mexican candy. Um, <laughs> then I got into uh, high school. Um, I never sold drugs, just so we're on there. Never sold drugs. <laughs> you got to uh, clear that out, right? Yeah, but... When you're in Mexico, you have access to other stuff. So I was buying mm-hmm. like switchblade knives, brass knuckles, stuff like that. And I'm like, man, people want this harpoon guns and like mm. crazy stuff. Um, so I was like, man, I can sell anything. And then uh, randomly I got into uh, the fitness industry and I was selling gym memberships, changing people's lives. And I was like, man, I get so much out of this where I can not only sell something, make a commission off of it, but then help that person change their life. Had someone come into the gym who was selling jets. Um, met that person, talked to them for a while, um, kind of gave me an opportunity to get into the industry. Once I was in the industry, I learned kind of the ins and outs. Uh, I had so much downtime too, cause I was working East coast clients mm-hmm. and I'm in San Diego. So mm-hmm. I'd get in at 5am. I'd be done at 1pm. And I had so much downtime cause I wasn't running the company. It was just, I was just a salesperson. Um, so I started my own cleaning company, um, mm-hmm. with my business partner, my stepdad, Mm-hmm. Uh, we put together the blueprint, everything, put together the, everything that was needed to get a cleaning company started from the ground up. And I documented it there. So that way I can help people in the future with a blueprint. Um, that, that was kind of like my intro into entrepreneurship. And then I saw things in the, uh, charter industry that were just going like downhill and stuff like that. And especially mm-hmm. with the company that I was involved with. Mm-hmm. And I kind of told him, I was like, man, I don't like what you're doing here. I think we should change some things here. He's like, well, if you could do it on your own, go do your own thing. I know you're in entrepreneurship. And I handed him my phone and my computer that day and took off. And I started Jet Setter the next day. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are now, three and a half years later. That's awesome. Man, that's exciting. So 
stepping back into your entrepreneur journey, you started selling candy um, and you started hustling. What age was that? Or, or around sixth, seventh grade, I'd say 13, mm -hmm. 14. No, no, 14 year freshman. So 12. Oh, nice. So th that leads me into my question is, did you always know, because uh, I want to talk, touch a little bit on like the entrepreneur uh, journey is, did you always know this is something you're going to do or did you kind of just fall into it? No, I always knew I was a people's person and mm -hmm. like, I enjoyed having interaction with people and I could not, I wouldn't say persuade, I guess persuade people, but it was like, if I had something and I wanted to sell it, I could get you to buy it. Whether you needed it or not, I could get you to buy it. But when it came to what I do now and when I was in the cleaning company, if I wasn't the right fit for you, I'm not going to sell it to you. We, mm -hmm. You get into sales. And of course, when you first get into sales, you want to sell stuff and you want to make money. But yeah. now it's like, no, I want, I want the ideal client. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say early in those ages, no, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneurship. But once I got into high school and kind of got my feet wet of like working into the working world, I always knew that I was going to be in like an upper management level because I like to lead people. I like to have a team and being like uh, team oriented and stuff like that. But it was always like, I knew I would be somewhere at the top uh, of a company. I just never knew it would be my own. I love it. I love it. So it's where I'm coming to that is some people, or for me, I had a job for, for a while. Did you have that job or did you into the high school, this went straight into sales. You never held a, what I call an hourly, hourly job where, where you go out and build houses for say. So I worked in the, uh, the sprinkler fitter in sprinkler fitter industry for 18 months. Okay. I was going through the whole apprenticeship and everything. And I ended up breaking my hand. And this oh. one was when I was like 19 years old. And I said, man, I can't wrench pipe for the rest of my life. Like I'm already getting hurt. And I was mm -hmm. like, this isn't for me. Like, cool. I was making good money for a 19 year old, like 25, 30 bucks an hour mm -hmm. living at home. And I'm like, man, that's great money. But perspective, it really wasn't. Um, yeah. you think about it. I mean, for the age, yeah. But then I ended up working at Costco for a little bit before I got into the gym industry. And I kind of le learned like service. And that's when it kind of popped in my head too. It was like, man, my goal is to be a manager here at Costco. Mm -hmm. My manager, I want to be a district. I want to be this, this, and this. And then got into the fitness industry, left Costco, and I was like, man, I want to be a GM. I want to be a DM. I want to be here. I want to keep raising here, here, and here. And then, boom, met the um, the guy in the jet industry, and I was like, man, I want to move up here. But then I realized I don't want to move up in that company. I want to. I can do my own shit. That's awesome, man. That's that's super exciting. Uh, the as as you grow through that, and as you as people grow up, it's always in the back of back of your mind what what you want to do but in being able to make that jump at such a young age obviously catapulted you into to where you are now and i haven't ever actually asked you how old are you 34 yeah 34 so oh, i always forget man from like age 30 <laughs> to like 34 like how old are you i'm 30 I'm, it, thir it, no, I'm born in 88, so I'm 34. Bro, I can't remember. I can't remember how old I am, and I'm 25. My wife, I, the reason I know now is my wife corrected me just the other day. I was telling people I was 24 for, for a while, and I'm I'm going to turn 26 in June. So it's it, it doesn't matter. But, man, it's cool. So in your journey, uh, what is the, the biggest thing that – because I'm sure there were setbacks. I'm sure there was reasons for you to stop, and you broke your hand or anything that you could have just given up. We all have those reasons. But what is the biggest thing for you that brought you on through? 
Is it the person you met? Is it just a mindset you have? Or like, what's that um, thing that kept you going? I mean, it's all about who you meet. So I'll never take credit away from the person that I met and put me in the position to learn that industry. Um, but while I was there, I didn't really learn that much stuff. I kind of learned everything on my own. Kind of, here's here's the job, go out and do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I learned so much of all the stuff not to do. But I'd say like the big, I'd say the biggest pivotal moment in my whole like life thus far was I was making great money at the gym. Well, mm-hmm. for someone who doesn't have a college degree, I was making over six figures working at the gym. Mm-hmm. And I had just found out that my son was going to be born and I just got married and everything. Like everything was so fresh in there, bun in the mm-hmm. oven, freshly married, just bought a house. You have your income, everything's set, and then you meet someone who says, hey, you can come do this. But before you get to that point, the first three months, you're going to drop to an hourly wage of, I think it was like 16 bucks. Mm. And it's funny because I've said this before on podcasts or on stage and talked to many people about this, and I still haven't told my wife this or mm. like my family. Like, mm-hmm. no one knows, like, deep down, except for the people who, like, in our in our circle or yeah. people like Apex and stuff like that who are around us know that story of that I dropped from six figures to the first three months to make it like 1675. And with the kid, the home, mm-hmm. like everything, no one knew that I'd like risk, like you take that risk. Mm-hmm. I knew I could always go back to the gym, but it was like, man, I, I would eat myself up if I did not take this risk. And it, it's worked out so far. So that's beautiful. Uh, and just in talking, having conversation with people in our groups, I see this, I see this so many times where they were doing great or they were, they were safe, but you have to, or so often you have to take that risk and that, that level of commitment that you made, that you're going to make it work no matter what it's 16, 15 hour, it's $12 an hour. You're going to make it for the potential on the other side. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you have to be. And a lot of people talk about jumping off the cliff. So that was your, your jump off the cliff moment. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. Of course. And, yeah. Jumping <laughs> off the cliff. I like that. <laughs> and uh you're a great family man as well like you're you're always at your son's birthday parties and you're always out with your son your little girl spending time so for me entrepreneurship means more than just just out there making the money like you made that sacrifice with your family now she didn't even know it but she, it, she just trusts you to be out there supporting but now you get to spend that time with your son you get to spend that time with your family you get to take them to uh, the the vacations and and spend that extra time and that's that's actually for me what it goes deeper than than just making that six figure money and it's that that time with the family is absolutely incredible for sure that's a so so that's crazy you bring that up because my wife she's a teacher and I oh, told wow. her I told her at any point I was like man we can you can not be a teacher if you don't want to mm-hmm. like you could be a stay at home mom whatever you want to be but she loves kids so she has the um, schedule of a year round school schedule. So she had, she just had two weeks off for fall break, whatever fall break is. I thought that was Thanksgiving, but no, she has <laughs> two weeks off coming up for Thanksgiving and three weeks off for this summer, spring break, all this stuff. But when she was, uh, every time she had the child, we took that extended leave. So she was mm-hmm. off for basically a year all that time. Mm-hmm. But now that she's back to school and I have like the schedule, the way I do with the systems put in place, she leaves at six 30. She comes home, she gets home at four. So mm-hmm. I have the kids from six 30 to eight, um, then the nanny gets there. I drop my son off at 845 and I have a good solid only like three hours to um, really dial in with the team and 
DMs mm-hmm. on with the company, and then it's boom, pick up my son at twelve forty-five, and I have the kids until four o'clock, and then I can get back into stuff around them. But mm. the other day, I was like, man, I feel like I feel like I'm just a goddamn nanny. And then I'm like, <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How many people get to say they get to pick up their kids, they get to be with their kids all day, they get to do this and that? And I was like, change your whole goddamn mindset because mm. you're not looking at the bigger picture, and you're not you're not showing gratitude towards what you have right now. And that was about, that was about a week ago. And every time I think about it now, I'm like, man, heck yeah! My son had an mm-hmm. event yesterday. I got to go to it with the whole fam, and it was cool. So that's beautiful, man. I love to hear that. I mean, the brain does this crazy stuff on you. No, no matter where you're at and what you have, you you or my the the brain wants to tell you, well, you don't have this or you don't have that. Start start playing mm-hmm. it down. But the gratitude behind it is you got to catch it quick too. If you could catch it quick, you could change your whole day around. That's right. A hundred percent agree. I want to go rapid fire into jet setter just because I love yep. airplanes and that's how we met. Uh, so jet setter, if like how many, like how many jets do you have access? Cause you, you don't own the actual jets. You have the charter company. Uh, other people own the jets. You're the middle guy selling to bring the client who wants to fly and fit them with the plane that they want to take. And you get them to that point. Is that correct? Yeah, what's, exactly. what's the, go a little bit over your business model of the jet setter. I, I would just say we're the, we're the Uber of the sky. So we're the Uber of private jets for the top two to 5% of the world. Top yes. 1% owns their own jet. Two to five uses us. Everyone else uses commercial. But if you're looking for a non-membership, um, don't put money on account type of thing. You're just looking for on-demand charter for one-offs. Um, we'll get you from point A to point B. We'll provide the aircraft, pilots, everything for you, all-inclusive. Man, that's awesome. And I know that you, you have the option as well. If you want to if you want hot and ready, uh, Little Caesars Pizza opened up on a plate, you do that, right? Whatever you need. Whatever yeah. you need. That's awesome. I, I'm super excited to, I haven't done it yet, but one of these days I'm going to order a flight just for fun. And I'm going to, I want to order just a little pizza or something just to see, just see yeah. Mike bring up there and work. <laughs> no, I'm just it's kidding. funny, man. I've done everything from Chick-fil-A to pizzas to I, the funniest thing I ever did was I did a, a flaming yawn steak for a dude's dog. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm like a dog, a dog eats better than I do sometimes. That's what I'm saying. He's like, Hey, my dog likes it medium rare. I'm like, I don't know if he's kidding. So I just put, <laughs> I put it on board and he's like, he took a picture with everything. And I was oh like, man. Okay. All right. But that's what you call service, right? Exactly. That's awesome. Exactly. But you also have like a membership program, right? Like you have for, for, people, for people who fly anytime, anywhere between five to 10 times plus a month. Um, then we put together some different pricing and stuff like that. Um, you get a like an all in package with us. Um, but if it's just a one-off, it's just like, hey, I need to go from here to here. Perfect. We'll put it together. Um, we'll see you in the future. No no commitment or anything like that. I like it. And what kind of team does it take to to run Jet Center? Um, on your side. I would say you you can't sleep. There's no sleep mm-hmm. allowed. Like mm-hmm. people, will call, people will call me in the morning and they'll be like, it's 8 o'clock. You sound tired. I was like, I've been up since 4 o'clock because I had a flight at 7 o'clock in Florida. I'm in San Diego had to make sure that it got from here to here to here. Um, but we, we get used to it. I mean, you have to be, you're, you're on call 24 seven. Someone calls mm-hmm. you at two o'clock in the morning. You got to answer that phone if you're on call. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the cool thing is I've learned if anyone calls me between two o'clock and 6am, they mm-hmm. need something. It's, yeah. it's, it's money calling. 
They're yeah, not calling yeah. you to say, hey, hey, it's three in the morning. I'm going to Vegas in three weeks. How much is it going to cost for me to get a jet? Like, you don't get those calls anymore. So, no, I agree. I agree. But uh, you, you got to be disciplined. You got to know how to manage your time. Um, if, if you're disciplined in this industry, you can, you can make some good moves and you can make some good connections and some good money. That's awesome, man. Super, super cool. Moving out of the jet set a little bit. And uh, we were talking the other day uh, when we were chatting on the phone is about, what what drives you like your vision of of helping others in business and tell me tell me a little bit more or tell the tell the podcast what you told me about how how you want to help like you got all the jet setter and everything but but how you can find different ways to to help others and what you want to do with that yeah so about a year and a half ago i had a friend reach out to me almost two years mm-hmm. almost two years um in december he was just like, man, I want to start a business. I want to do this. I want to do that. And at the time I was like, man, I want to get into coaching somehow. Like I enjoy helping others. Like, mm-hmm. how can I help this dude? And I was like, you know what? Let me coach you on how to start because you're at the ground level right now. And he's like, oh, okay. How much is it going to cost this and that? I'm like, no, like you will be my specimen, my testimonial, like every day. Like right there, I'm going to teach you how to go from the ground up, but you got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took my cleaning service blueprint that I had and I kind of altered it a little bit because he was doing uh, mounting TVs into uh, apartment buildings and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like, look, he's like, I don't even know, like how, who am I going to get in contact with? I'm like, how'd you get your first client? He's mm-hmm. like, well, I actually don't have my first client yet. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's brainstorm, mm-hmm. go to every single property manager, go to this, go to that. Let's fill out this. How many calls did you make a day? How like put what happened on those calls? What'd you learn from those? And like, it was crazy to, not be the person doing the work, but giving like the play to do the work. And then seeing it's like being a football coach, I guess. Yeah. You give the play, you call it in the offense scores a touchdown. And you're like, Oh, let's go. Um, mm-hmm. You get sacked all of a sudden you're like, okay, wh- what can we do to do get better on that? What, what do we do wrong? And kind of look back at tape and see this and that look at the worksheets that we did. So I give them all homework and make sure everything, but fast forward, I've worked with almost, we're getting, we're not nearly a hundred yet. I would say anywhere between 75 to 85 people that I've worked with, with uh, ground level entrepreneurs getting started or wanting to get started. Um, but it's just a passion, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy working with people and just like giving them the, the blueprint, like I said, of getting started and seeing if they're going to do the work. Cause you can tell before you even give that blueprint to someone, if they're going to do the work with the conversations that you're having, seeing yeah. how motivated they are and kind of knowing what their work ethic is already. Um, but yeah, man, to answer your question, my like my passion is to really just help others and help others get out of the rat race. I love that. And that leads me perfectly into what I was going to ask you uh, is what if you're working with somebody and if you're at the ground level, like you hear it a lot like, man, I want to do this. I want to be that. Even I, I walked up to you and was like, I want to be that charter guy, uh, yeah. aviation. I want to be this. What does it take in a human being? to actually do it because the percentage that talk and the percentage that do are so different. Like what do you see in the 75 to hundred people that you worked with? What do they have so in common? Honestly, that, that's the, funny thing, the funny thing is with people, like I won't just take on any client. Like, mm-hmm. like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, but yeah. I have ideal clients that I work with. So I'll dig in with like, just using you for an example. If you came into me and said, Hey, I want to work in the charter industry. What is it going to take? I'll give you, we'll have a conversation like, Hey, what's your passion? I start reverse engineering from your goals. Like, Hey, you got a family. Cool, man. What, like, what's your main goal with your family? 
Uh, what's your main goal in business? What's your main goal in this? Okay, let's go all the way back to here now and say this is what we need to do to get from here to here to here to get you ultimately to here. So I find out literally what your why is, find out what your passion is, and then, like I said, reverse engineer from that to figure out if you're a right fit for us. So the common denominator with every single person that I've worked with, except a handful, I'd say like three or four, um, they really had the passion of helping their family or getting their family out of a different situation. That's beautiful. I love it. Uh, when I like when I first met you, I'm just sitting here thinking. When I first met you, I thought you were everything aviation, but a uh, common denominator is sales, and that that goes to prove that from from my from me growing up, I always I started going biking to the neighborhood selling them cleaners, and I guarantee they bought for me just strictly because they were. Um, it felt bad for me. Like I had Donovan beside me as my as my sidekick there, but <laughs> the common denominator of sales that needed for you to go into coaching that needed to go into the gym industry to go into um aviation for you is is super cool and that I, I love it and i didn't didn't fully realize that about you and a question i have for you uh, that i want you to explain i love the story about your cleaning company the brand if anybody yeah. follows mike on his instagram you see he got his quotes with his thumbs up g like give me the story of how, how that was created it's a cool little story yeah, so my business my business partner is my stepdad. He's been my dad since I was one years old, and uh, he's owned and operated multiple companies. Still does, uh, but he's one of my business partners in um, was the cleaning company to start, and then Jet Setter as well. But we, he's like, if you ever want to start a business, let me know. So finally, years ago, I came up to him with the uh, business plan for the cleaning company, and that's when I was in the gym industry at the time. And I was like, look, man, uh, sorry, not in the gym industry. It was right when I started the. Uh, in the aviation industry, but I had the gym industry knowledge. And I was like, I want to start a cleaning company. He's like, bro, you don't even clean your room. And I'm like, <laughs> that was then. I don't live here now. That was then. <laughs> but I was like, dude, it could be lucrative. And I, I have an in. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I work at every single crunch in San Diego. And there's 13 crunches. I said, look, I can go to those owners. I left on good terms. They mm-hmm. call me to come back and come and do some consulting here and there. But I was like, hey, I can go back and I know what needs to be clean in a gym and I know what's not getting clean in a gym and I know why they hate their cleaning company. Mm. We started it. I was able to take 90% of all the cleaning accounts in the uh, gym industry uh, for that wow. company that I was working for. Undercut just a little bit, but we didn't have any overhead at the time. Yeah. It was me, my dad, my brother, and then we started to scale and we started to, I, had, I couldn't clean 13 accounts. So we started hiring on. What I did first, though, was I was like, hey, if you guys are going to get rid of that cleaning company that you guys had, I don't want those people out of a job. So I contacted every single cleaner and I was like, hey, how much are you making here? Come work here. You'll get paid this much. So we kind of upped them, gave them a little bit of a raise, kept them in the same position, just under a different umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember the question. <laughs> That's okay. It's all good. It's how the brand came oh, together. The brand. So the brand was that it was guaranteed CS. It was going to be guaranteed cleaning services, but when he filled it out, he's like, no, guaranteed CS. We'll go from there. And I was like, perfect. Um, so that's when I came up with my buddy, uh, Cap, Cap C, shout out to him in Las Vegas. He's like, hey, I'll take care of this if you want a logo. And he sent it to Fiverr. So that GUC was like a $5 thing. Literally, I was like, I want guaranteed. I want positivity. I want these colors, this and that. And they send back this G that has a thumbs up and it's kind of stuck with it ever since. Um, but I've, I've, I've branched out that guaranteed CS back into sales. 
someone's like, Hey man, I need to get a, um, I use it for my consulting services, guaranteed CS consulting services, customer service. Uh, my biological father has a construction company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew someone was like, Hey man, I'm looking to do a room addition here above uh, stucco. I was like, let me get a quote for that. I, I, we have a sister company who does that came out, quoted it. We sent it with guaranteed CS construction services. Um, so that's like really how the brand started and it's kind of how we've grown it out of that. We still use guaranteed CS for a lot of stuff and jet set is just a, um, a DBA off of GCS. Yeah. So it's, oh, wow. yeah. So GCS, that's my baby right there. That is your baby. It's crazy how something fiber can, uh, and fiber is crazy. That's a little, Side note, but Fiverr, we use it a lot. Like we have right here on our wall, we have our whole sales uh, process just on a perfect little diagram that makes sense in a in a crazy way where it blows my mind. But Fiverr, we just jumped on there and did it. And the logo for the Hosteller show is done on Fiverr. So it's, it's crazy, crazy. Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed the conversation today. Um, always love chatting with you and picking your brain. Where, where can people uh, go to find you? Um, Instagram, man. I use a lot of Instagram. I use Facebook. It was funny. I was off of Facebook for nine years until mm-hmm. until Drewby hit me up and was like, dude, you need to be on Facebook for Apex. <laughs> yeah. All right, fine. And then I, I finally uploaded my Facebook uh, a little over a year ago. But I, nice. if you contact me on Facebook, I'm not probably not going to answer because I only use it for my networks. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't use Facebook. I'll post a couple family things. But uh, Instagram, at Mike Howard 3 um, if you need a jet, uh, the number two jetset.com, two jetset.com. Um, we have an Instagram account for Jetsetter. Um, you can find it off. You just hit me up and I'll send it over to you. Um, we, had, we had to reactivate one of them because the other one got hacked. Oh, man. Yeah. And man, that's awesome. Drewby, Drewby has a way. Like nobody does Facebook like Drewby. That, guy, that guy's crazy yeah. on Facebook. It's crazy. But no, it was. Uh, Awesome talking to you, picking your brain. I love what you have going in business and you definitely inspire me. You're the the person, I was always that kid who everybody that knows me talking about aviation, how I'm going to fly, how I'm going to do this. And everybody's like, well, how are you going to do it? And now my answer is because I know Mike Howard, like all the, all the red tape to get my uh, license and everything. Everybody's like, well, it's so hard to do. I'm like, no, I got Mike Howard to help me do that. So <laughs> I look forward to working with you in the future, continuing on our relationship. Um, so I want to thank you for being on here and any, any last things you want to share before we go? No, I appreciate you guys, man. Uh, any of you guys are looking to get into entrepreneurship, hit any one of any one of us up, man. We'll take care of you guys. So that's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you around in our events and you have a wonderful day. You too, brother. Take care. Right. We'll see you. Catch me if they can. I switch gears and switch lanes. You know just what my mind's on these days. Kids singing with me. Hold on. We just want them all like the grown-ups. Tell them catch me if they can. I